Are you stressed? Stress has become such an integral part of our lives. It affects our physical health, our mental health. So this month, we thought we would talk all around stress management, well-being, and mental health. Join us on the CG Hour. Let's get started. Welcome everybody to the CG Hour. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're tuning in from. We want to welcome you to the CG Hour, where this month we'll be featuring a variety of experts around mental health, stress management, and well-being. And that's going to be our topic for today as well. But first, let's see who's online and who has joined us. Um, we want to welcome Irfan. Welcome to the show online. Ahana is on. Let us know where you're tuning in from. And please feel free to introduce yourself in the comments below. It's a great place to network and meet other people that are interested in these topics. So use that community in the comments to network with each other as well. So let people know where you're tuning in from as well as to introduce yourself. And um, let's see who else has joined us on the show we also have matthew welcome matthew from cg infinity as well as adam um adam denias <laughs> <laughs> um, as well as yolanda welcome to the show thank you for joining us my name is fanny dunnigan and i am the host of the cg hour and this month we're going to talk all about stress management so we thought we'd kick it off with a video first to share with you some statistics and definitions around well-being, stress management, and mental health. Let's roll it.
for those of you that are just tuning in, you can be watching this live on both my feed on LinkedIn, Fanny Dunnigan, or CG Infinity's LinkedIn feed, as well as CG Infinity's YouTube channel. And I see we have Todd Huffman that has joined us as well. Welcome, Todd, as well as Jason Sakarian. Jason, our guest from last month. For those of you that missed it, make sure you watch the replay on YouTube. We talked all about the importance of mentorship last month. But now let's get to our amazing guests and panelists. I'm going to start all the way from the far right of me with Jim Smelly. Jim is an entrepreneur in the consulting industry, specializing in the strategic use and deployment of technology. He's an author and board member at CG Infinity and has been a CEO for over a decade with a rich background in retail energy and financial services. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for having me. So excited that you could join us. And then the next person to my right is Monica Denias. Welcome, Monica. So good to finally see you in I person. <laughs> we, we've seen each other tons online, <laughs> but never in person. Monica is a Latin ex licensed professional counselor, certified rehabilitation counselor, and mental health coach in Dallas. Monica helps ambitious women and entrepreneurs overcome anxiety, perfectionism, and burnout so they can feel confident in both life and business. So appropriate for today. <laughs> and Monica has been featured in Women's Health Magazine, Very Well Mind and Insider Magazine. She is also the host of Cafe with Monica podcast, where she brings amazing entrepreneurs to cover all things life, mental health, and entrepreneurship. Thanks for joining us, Thank Monica. you so much for having me. Absolutely. And last but not least, to my left here, Amanda Kennedy. Amanda found fitness later in life and fell in love with bars seven years ago. I've tried that a few times. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> she has been an instructor and mentor for three years now. She loves how physical and mental health is weaved together. And as a mom of four kids, she has found fitness as a necessary self-care and wants to share that with all her clients. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. So as you can see, we have a whole variety of thoughts and viewpoints and strategies and tips that we're going to get from consulting, mental health therapy, as well as fitness. So it's going to be a great show. Uh, drop in the comments. Let us know how you're feeling right now. Are you stressed? Or have you found some great tactics for mental health? Um, so what we're going to start first with is let's talk about the problem. Let's talk about the problem first of stress. Right? The statistic there in that video that you just watched, World Health Organization classified stress as the health epidemic of the 21st century. And it's just prevalent right now. And throw in the pandemic, COVID, supposedly recessions coming. I mean, all these factors, right? Why do you think we're so stressed right now, Jim? What are you seeing as kind of prevalent issues? I think it's all those things. There's all the big things that happen in our lives. I think our technology is definitely increasing our stress level. Um, I realized I was on vacation just last week and I was off, um, I was eight hours off time zone from, from this time zone. And so my phone would 
buzz in the middle of the night. And I started to realize that my phone is a physical sensation of my body, right? It buzzes. My mom, when I was a little kid, had no ability to buzz me <laughs> to get my attention, but she does now. Sure. Yeah. She does now. She can buzz me whenever she needs something, and so can the people around me. And, and I could also see her on my phone, and I could see the people around me, so it's extending my eyesight as well. Um, so I can hear, see, and feel things that are not anywhere around me. And I think that is uh, contributing to our nervousness, right? Like it contributes to this impingement on our nervous system because we're seeing and hearing all these things um, from all around the world. So this combination of the technology that's hitting us and the work life that's around us and the world seeming a little on fire sometimes, I think kind of all add up. And we can't ignore the, the fact that the real world outside of work does come in and hits us in the work world as well. It's like we're always on. Yes, right? yes, definitely. What are you seeing from your side, Monica? What kind of like contributions to stress are you seeing? Internally, I'm seeing a lot of clients who are struggling with the, the need to be productive. In the pandemic, we were all at home. We were all, you know, plugged in, like Jim said, on social media to feel the sense of connection. And that made it a struggle to not just be and enjoy outside activities and hobbies um, and to connect with friends. So I'm seeing a lot of loneliness, a lot of sense of just disconnection. Um, and I also see that clients are also struggling with identifying what their core beliefs are and how this affects them in the external world. Meaning if they have a internal core belief of I'm a failure, I'm going to fail at things. And how does that prevent them from doing the things that they actually wanna do? Oftentimes I see perfectionism, all or nothing thinking that stops people from truly living out their life in alignment with their values. So yeah, those are all the internal stress, uh, stressors that I'm seeing around this time. It's kind of ironic that in our connected world, we feel sometimes even more lonely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Amanda, from your perspective, like you host tons of classes and people come to you to relieve their stress, right, <laughs> through fitness. What, what do you think is causing their stress levels? Well, speaking from my small corner of experience um, and tying in with Monica's point about our need to feel productive, um, I'm really lucky in my job that I get to spend an hour with people at the moment when they've set everything down for a moment for some self-care because we are a society of producers, achievers, doers. I mean, I get so much satisfaction myself in crossing things off my to-do list and getting things done, but then we become uh, habitually used to looking for the next thing to do. What are we doing next? And so we're constantly living in the future mm -hmm. rather than the present. And when we live in the future, that fuels anxiety and stress. It's almost like we're measured, we think we're measured by our achievements when right. there's so much more to it. When there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, mm -hmm. it's good to produce and it's good to get right. things done, but it's that imbalance of spending more time in the future than in the present. Mm -hmm. And what are you guys kind of seeing in terms of like the physical impacts to like the body and to our mental health? Um, Jim, as you kind of work with a variety of people across you know, your decades of experience, like what physical impacts have you seen from stress? Well, the industry that I'm in has been particularly challenging because consultants often travel, 
right? So you travel for work and that adds a couple of layers of stress because how, how do you keep yourself from being less stressed? You sleep well, you eat pretty good food and you get some exercise. And all three of those things are really hard when you're traveling. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think what you see is people who decide to do it for a career will find some way of adapting to that situation. So for me, when I was traveling really hard, my solution to that was yoga. And I would go to hot yoga because it was a consistent thing that you could find in any city that you went to, would have pretty decent programming, pretty decent class structure. You always kind of knew what you were getting into. Um, but I think it's important that, especially when you have a job that's relatively intense, where you might be working more than the average 40 hour work week, it's really important to force those things into your schedule, to find time to do those, to give, you said the hour where you're finally taking care of yourself, right? Like to find that hour where you're really gonna go take care of yourself. I wanna give a shout out to Volta in the audience. She said, we gotta remember we are not human doings, we are human beings. I love that, Volta. Yes. Thank you for sharing that, it's so true. I have used that in class before. Yeah, yeah. it's so, it's yeah. great, I love that quote. What about you, Monica? What kind of like, from your perspective, maybe mental impacts are you seeing on, mm. on our health from stress? Yeah, I think it's also just feeling like you have less focus time, less energy to take on social interactions, um, to be able to just deal with everyday stressors. I find clients, they're like, I don't have energy to do everything that I get to do on my business. If after I have to cook for myself, I have to, you know, groom myself to create self-care. It just becomes like this things, these things that we have to do. And I find that a lot of clients are struggling with creating healthy habits. And even if they are traveling, um, like, like in Jim's industry where they're traveling and they can't create this consistent habit or routine that's going to be helpful for them, what I tell them is try to find habits that are going to, that are going to require the least amount of resistance. Meaning, kind of similar to what Jim said, find a workout that you can do at, in, in any type of environment, whether you're at a hotel, whether you're um, you know, with your family, um, that you're able to be present and just have less resistance from actually getting to do those habits. And then in the comments, Raj is saying, focusing on your well-being starts with focusing on you. Mm -hmm. We need to learn to live in the present as opposed to regrets from the past and dreams of the future. That really ties into oh, some of yeah. what you're saying too, Amanda. And I mean, people are coming to your classes and fitness in general because they feel it in their bodies, right? They feel that physical stress in their bodies. What are some of the complaints that you hear from people as they try to address them in your class? Well, it's funny. They often approach the classes with some goals like, I want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. I want to tone up. But it becomes more than that as the instructors pepper in that bit of uh, dialogue and those little bits of uh, inspiration throughout the class. That this is about self-care. We, we don't have to move this way. We get to move this way. And this is so important to our well-being. Um, the stress that comes into the body, um, I try and use that for them to remember how stress feels outside of the studio. So when, you know, the posture or the workout gets hard, I just ask them to notice, um, relax your jaw. Are you clenching your teeth? Are your shoulders up? Roll them back mm -hmm. down. Are you squeezing your palms? Relax. So just noticing how that stress manifests itself in the body. Because we forget. We don't 
we're so concentrated on a task, mm -hmm. we don't even notice right. our bodies anymore. And it's a practice, just noticing again and mm -hmm. again and again. Absolutely. Jim, again in that video, they were saying the top two causes of workplace stress is workload and interpersonal issues. How do you see that manifesting in, at work? Yeah, that, do you agree with that? Oh, it's almost certainly true. Um, I mean, the interpersonal issues are hard for everyone. Um, and workload, if you have a hard job, can be challenging. But, you know, it, I, I was thinking about this, like, all the, all the way back to school, all the way back to college. Um, imagine that you got, you didn't get into the college that you wanted to. That would be really stressful. But imagine you did get into the college you wanted to. That's also <laughs> really stressful. And then, and then you go to work and imagine you don't get a job. That's really stressful. But then you get this job that you want. That's really stressful. Mm -hmm. And if the job is boring and miserable and slow, that's stressful. And if the job is hard and challenging and demanding, that's also stressful. <laughs> Right, all of those things can be stressful. And before we started, we were, we were talking about being a little nervous about being on camera before this started. And we all started talking about trying to reframe nervousness into excitement. And it is easy to say when you're sitting here thinking about it, but nervousness and stress at work, if you can channel them into energy, productive energy, I think that they can be productive. Mm -hmm. What's really unproductive is when it becomes overwhelming, right? Whether either you're unable to do it or the job is structured where no one is able to do it. I, um, I had a job once that was extremely stressful. The person who had it before me got fired over it. The person who had it after me had a heart attack. It was a job that maybe was not designed properly. Right? So sometimes there's something that you may not be able to overcome yourself, right? There may be something in the structure of a job. But I think a lot of times, if we can reframe the stress, uh, it can actually help us be a little bit more productive, a little bit more on the game, a little bit more on point. Yeah. Monica, when people come to you, do you see a lot of like workplace interpersonal issues popping up into conversations? Absolutely, especially around boundary setting, mm -hmm. around when to say yes and when to say no. Um, and for, an for a new entrepreneur, it could feel really hard to say no to op op opportunities because they're just starting off, they wanna get their business off the ground um, and they're struggling to really find the the will to say to say no, um, and I think part of it is because they they have that scarcity mentality that if I don't do this, then I will not have this. This opportunity is not going to come again. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and so um, kind of like what Jim said about cognitive reframing, the ability to be able to take your negative self-talk and allow yourself to shift to more encouraging statements. Um, you mentioned it too about instead of saying, I have to do this, I get to do this. So just creating that shift um, in your mindset, in the way you talk will allow you to work on those interpersonal skills. Absolutely. We have Ilya tuning in from the UK and he says sometimes just sitting and slowing down to rest can be better for our productivity than doing productivity based tasks. Mm -hmm. So true. Sleep's 
and uh, sleep and naps are super important. I know I like a good nap myself <laughs> in the middle of the day. Um, Amanda, I mean, it's not just workplace stress, right? There's home stress and family dynamic stress. Like, what do you kind of see in your field as well? Oh, I have clients with all kinds of exciting careers. I have clients who travel a lot. I have clients who are stay-at-home moms, um, caregivers. And uh, I think it's like we talked about that imbalance of giving, giving, uh, meeting other people's needs, producing, achieving. Um, the stress that, sorry, back to what Monica had mentioned about reframing. I love that idea of reframing. And so when I have clients in my class and I try and reframe the hard things that we have to do mm. versus the hard things we get to do. And so I know it's, it seems insignificant in the moment when you're holding a plank, right? Mm. Like helping that translate to hard things in the real world. But when you just feel like you're about ready to give up or you can't do five more sets yeah. and, or five more reps and I just start counting down when you've already told yourself I can't, and you're like, well, maybe I can. Then you've found your edge and you've pushed a little bit past it and you've found that moment of joy that like I did that mm -hmm. and um, we get to celebrate that. It's those little mini successes and I tell clients also we don't, nothing, it doesn't get easier, mm -hmm. you get stronger. Mm -hmm. And so during hard postures we do a lot of holding at bar three, just holding, just sitting in the discomfort and so uh, occasionally I'll just shout out at the end of a really long hold. Um, this is hard, but you've done harder things than this. And I did have a client afterwards who told me, I got really emotional because she was going through a hard time in her life. She was going through a divorce. And when I called out, you've done harder things than this right now. You can do this. It touched a part of her that she was like, "That's it spoke to her. Mm -hmm. That gives me goosebumps. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that. Now, Jim, you had decades in consulting. You're making me sound old. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> no. Um, there are consultants that just thrive on stress, right? Like you, you're traveling, you're meeting client demands, you're doing proposals, you're doing presentations, you gotta deliver the work, like all that. And like some people just thrive on it. Um, where do you kind of see the balance and how do, you, how do you juggle that between that thriving part of it and then the detrimental part of it? Yeah, I do think that there's some people who do really well on reasonable amounts of stress. Um, but this morning, I, I was flying to Dallas this morning, and next to me there was a consultant uh, from a different, a different kind. He was an M&A consultant, I could tell, because he was displaying his PowerPoint presentation with all of the information for the client right next to me, which you should never, ever, ever do on a plane. But um, he spent the entire flight emailing, working his calendar, um, editing a deck. And then a few minutes later, I saw him in the line to pick up a car, um, chatting really frantically on the phone to somebody on the other end. He did not look like a happy person, right? He looked like a person who was worn out. It's, you know, it's only Wednesday of the week and he's already fried. Um, but there were other people around me on the plane who were also doing some work who looked like they took a few minutes to do a Sudoku though, to relax. I listened to a Big Bang Theory for the thousandth time, you know, to kind of calm down. Um, I think there's something, I think some people think that they really are good at handling stress, 
But if you started to peel some of that away from them, they would probably crash, right? You know, the stress might actually be the thing that's just kind of holding them together to keep them from, from falling apart. I think you can't run that hot for that long without having some consequences in your life. Something will eventually give. It might be your health, it might be your mental health, something will eventually give. Monica, you talked a bit about, I mean, you're a therapist to entrepreneurs, right? So it's not just even delivering the work, it's building a business, the hustle, the grind, all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so internally, you and you mentioned it a little bit, but if you can expand even more, this need for perfection, the anxiety, like, how does that even end up manifesting into your physical body and, and yeah. overall mental health? Yeah, I think that most of us want to think ourselves away from emotional pain. And that's what happens when we constantly want to produce more work because we're because stillness is scary, just like Amanda said, you know, just having that time to hold on a pose or to allow yourself to be present is scary because your mind is the biggest enemy sometimes. It's telling you what you should and shouldn't do. That's a big thing. I have a lot of clients who I can, I can notice when perfectionism is manifesting when I see should statements. I should be doing this, I should be doing that. I'm like, who told you that? Just ask yourself, who told you that? Because it's usually yourself, you set the standard and the expectation, and then I see them have increased tension, I see them increase panic attacks because they've been working more hours, not allowing proper rest, not allowing just proper time with themselves to reflect on the lessons learned. There's a lot of struggle with reflecting because if I reflect, that means that I have to openly be true to be, be true with what's happening in my life. And if I just keep going, then I don't have to work on it. I don't have to work on my mistakes. That hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. Should, should, should. Mm -hmm. And in the comments, I see Matthew, he's saying, <laughs> he said, Jim, hearing your story is stressing him out. <laughs> <laughs> For him, daily reading and socializing with good friends after work works. Uh, so for those of you out there in the comments, let us know what, what triggers you around stress. And uh, let's see in the next section how we can address that. So in the meantime, I do want to take a quick break and share something that is counter to stress, and that is giving. Uh, we want to show you with the latest updates of the CG Infinity volunteering and giving to the food banks. Let's roll that. I still remember a decade ago, it's such a hush-hush topic to be talking about mental health. It just evokes all this stereotypes of institutions and things like that. And mental health was rarely talked about. But now in this 
we just can't ignore it anymore. And it's truly really kind of come out during the mm -hmm. pandemic and with COVID. And uh, I wanted to kind of concentrate on the importance of mental health and well-being in this next section of our panel discussions. Um, for instance, like Amanda, you mentioned that you don't just, you know, carve out exercises for your students and your clients, right? You're not just telling them to do the physical side of things. Right. You mentioned you also kind of give motivations and inspirations and mini talks, mini TED talks, right? Tell us why you do that. Why is it important to kind of weave in that mental side of it to the f physical fitness side of it? Well, number one, I'm really passionate about it, so it kind of just spills out of me. Love it. Um, I started becoming an instructor because I loved the workout, and I loved. Um, so the the motto is uh, balanced in body, empowered from within. And mm, so say that again. Balanced in body, empowered from within. So important. I mean, you can take that so many ways, and we do. Uh, so when clients come in, I do say I'm going to push you, but you get to make decisions. You get to say no, and no is a complete sentence. And so, because I don't know what they're coming in with, you know, I don't know how they slept last night, what their weekend was like, what's going on at home, and so they get to practice. Like I mentioned, that practice, they get to practice saying no. And I'm going to modify this posture, and I'm going to set my weights down, and I'm going to take a break and go get some water. And I encourage that, and I say, let's celebrate that. Like, stand up for yourself. And I try not to sound too cheesy, but honor your truth, you know? Yeah. And that translates into life as well. Um, noticing, and like Monica, you'd said, uh, you hear should a lot, mm -hmm. and so you turn it around, like, who says you should? And so mm -hmm. just asking yourself, like, who's in charge? Oh, I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No is a complete sentence. Mm -hmm. I want to sit with that for a second. I mean, that ties into your comments about boundaries yeah. too, right? No is a complete sentence. I love that. Um, and Monica, like you've, I mean, you're a therapist for uh, entrepreneurs, right? And you live and breathe mental health, right? How have you kind of seen it transform over the decade? Mm -hmm. and? and people being more accepting of vulnerabilities and weaknesses now. Yeah, I think it's also that therapists, other mental health um, practitioners have allowed themselves to be seen and to share accessible resources because therapy is still very much not as accessible for everyone. And by, be, by being able to use technology to be able to promote accessible resources like tips on how to manage your stress, even this, this free resource for them, um, to be able to understand their levels of stress, how to manage stress. Um, I've, I've seen that the more that I've shared vulnerable moments or the more that I've shared um, how other people are feeling, the more people feel like they have permission to share. Growing up, I grew up in a Hispanic household and we were told don't air your dirty laundry. Like, don't share that. Like, that stays in the family. And I had to unlearn that. I'm just now unlearning a lot of things that my parents thought was healthy. And they didn't know because it was, it was brought up by generation to generation. And so it's important to know, like, where did I learn that from? The idea that I can't say no. The idea that I can't um, be vulnerable. And I also want to point out that vulnerability doesn't always feel safe and that our past experiences have made vulnerability not feel safe. So just noting that, that it's okay to know that maybe some of your experiences haven't allowed you, so you just have to ask yourself, how can I change that? 
how can I lean in? And maybe this is with close friends, family, to start being a little bit more vulnerable of what's actually happening. Thank you. I want to call out Michael Doty in the comments. He says, happiness is not the absence of problems, mm -hmm. but the ability to deal with them. And there is no key to happiness. The door is always open by Mother Teresa. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that, Michael. And Jim, I mean, sometimes as consultants, we supposedly can't admit to our mistakes or be too vulnerable. We're the experts and the advisors that come in, right, to a company. But in a way, there's almost strength in admitting to things that might go wrong. They, they will always go wrong, right? What's your experience around that kind of being more vulnerable and open in the workplace? You know, I think one of the most important things in consulting anyway is that it is a team sport, right? There's very rarely a problem that any one single person is going to solve. And so you're relying on the people around you and you're relying on them to tell you what they're good at and what they're not good at, just like they're relying on you to do the same, right? So there's actually a real business need to express what you're good at and what you're not good at um, besides your own personal mental health. But I think if you do it, you'll find that your mental health improves if you've shared things like that with your team, especially if you have a good team. Vulnerability is no good if there's a person on the other side who's not playing fair, right? There's always limits in how much you can do. But most, I think you'll find most people, if you're vulnerable, will play fair. And I really like what you said personally about should, mm -hmm. what Monica was saying about should, but we have to be careful not to do it to others as well. I really don't like telling somebody, you should do this. You should do that. It's either that person's going to do something or they're not. Shooting them doesn't really help them develop, doesn't really help them grow. And almost always comes with some kind of guilt. Whenever you should something, there's some layer of guilt kind of right underneath it because you're probably not doing it. You should do it. And that whole kind of attitude does not really help anyone at work. So many layers to stress. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there's the surface layers of work and deliverables, and then there's the, the guilt and the emotions and the anxiety and the perfectionism also. Mm -hmm. right? Monica, you touched a bit upon social media, mm -hmm. right? Like when I go on my Instagram feed, I see so many more um, self-help tips, mental health tips, and all that. But in a way, I, I've kind of lost track of what to believe and what's valid and what's you know, certified versus just advice. Mm -hmm. How does one navigate all that as, as the audience, um, you know, coming from a therapist? Yes, I think it's very important to know that what is posted on social media is not going to be individualized to your own struggles. And so when you're looking at information, I highly encourage for you to follow therapists um, who are at, who actually put that they're therapists and that they maybe have their licensure number posted. It's some licensing boards tell you that you have to put your licensing number there to make sure that you're also um, letting people know this is this is I am a qualified professional um, as well as keep an eye out for disclaimers. You know, I have a disclaimer on my own social media that says, this is not a substitute for therapy. This is educational resources for you. And 
use it lightly, right? And make sure that you um, allow yourself time to do your own research because not everything is going to fit. And also if you follow a influencer or someone that, um, an inspirational person, um, someone of authority that you love to follow, just being again taking some cautious to what what kind of advice they provide because it is advice at the end of the day it's not going to be particularly to your individualized problems absolutely so filter it out mm -hmm. look for those certified therapists yes um i want to call out brayden daniels in the audience thank you for sharing this having a hobby that allows you to take your mind off the overthinking that comes with stress and anxieties mm -hmm. is important so true now, Amanda, you and I, when we were talking and prepping for the show, we talked about how you've kind of like allowed yourself to speak more openly about things, right? About sharing experiences and you're quite passionate about it. Why the change and why do you feel that that's so important? Well, again, tying into what Monica was talking about being vulnerable, um, people in my past, every time they were a little bit vulnerable, it gave me permission just inside and it was slow. It's like they planted a seed. Like, oh, we, we can talk about this. Everyone's not doing okay. <laughs> We're all just faking it a little bit. And uh, from that, I was able to be a little vulnerable with people in my life to give them permission as well. Mm -hmm. And so the more I've been vulnerable with people, I've never regretted it. I noticed them open up as well. And it's just so important to talk about it because like you said, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it spreads. So if we can open the door, then it helps others. Yeah, it's funny. Like my own issues with mental health and admitting to friends like, yeah, I see a therapist. That gives them permission to like think about it for themselves. And then I notice people approaching me, even clients after class, like, you want to go for coffee? Mm. I would love to chat. You want to yeah. go running sometime? And um, just being open and vulnerable with people is just makes you approachable, makes you accessible, and uh, just levels. It takes down those walls. It takes down those walls, those barriers. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Rebecca, our, our very own. She says, I found power in being vulnerable. It helps me be a better friend and mentor. It helps me find the right resources and shows me the kind of person I'm dealing with. So thank you for sharing that, Rebecca Poford. I want to kind of take this time to also Collectively, like what would be one thing that you think we can do to maybe spread mental health awareness mm -hmm. um, as we kind of maybe open ourselves up in our society, in our organizations? Can you share something that you think would be a great way to kind of open those dialogues up across the organizations or at home or mm -hmm. at work? What do you think, Jim? I don't think this is remarkable advice, but it's talking about it. If you if you have a challenge, whether it's a short term, sometimes stresses are pretty short term, right? I have a sick kid or a sick partner at home. Talk about that or it might be long term, right? So just having the conversation. I do think that the world is just more comfortable in having those conversations now than it used to be. Doesn't mean it's easy ever right because you're talking always about usually about relatively tough stuff but being willing to have that conversation both up and down the chain of people that you work with right you've got to be able to talk to your bosses about it and you've got to be able to talk to the people who are working for you about it um do you see gonna... that opening up in organizations yeah i'm not saying it's perfect i'm sure we have a long <laughs> long way to go but yes admitting you had any um 
limitation at all was probably discouraged when I first started working, right? You're never tired, you're never hungry, you never need to go to the bathroom, just say right? Yes. We're just, we're working <laughs> yeah. right now, right? And um, I think that's changed quite dramatically in the time I've been working. That reminds me of last month's episode about the importance of mentorship. Mm -hmm. Like if, if we can build in the systems and processes in the organizational level so that we have opportunities for someone to talk to a mentor that's outside of their direct reports or their direct managers. It's an outlet, right, to mm -hmm. talk, right, mm -hmm. and to talk freely. Um, how do you see mental health awareness being spread even further, Monica? Mm -hmm. I think a big part is social media. I think a big part is therapists, you know, sharing accessible resources. Um, I also think that also people sharing their struggles online um, and normalizing the expression of how we're feeling that day. Also normalizing when we had a long to-do list and we didn't get it done because we were prioritizing and listening to our body. Um, I see that the, the, the awareness, even just um, openly sharing, like Amanda said, like I see a therapist, um, or even in the work environment, like, oh, I took a day off the other day. I just wasn't, you know, feeling it. Like I was going through some stuff and, you know, just normalizing that because I do see a lot of, since the pandemic, I, I have had clients who've told me like, I don't, I haven't taken days off because, you know, I work from home. I'm like, you still need to take some days off, you know, use your sick leave. Like that's why it's there, you know, use your vacation time. Um, what are you waiting for? Your, your body is going, whether you take a break, whether you decide to take a break, your body will take it for you. So you have those options. Or your body screams at you and yeah. then you're sick exactly. <laughs> for much longer yeah. than just a few days. Yes. Um, shout out to David Cause in the comments saying that acceptance that we all are dealing with things, mm -hmm. normalizing that conversation, right? Absolutely. So we thought we'd do something fun for our commercial break here. I have asked one of my connections and also former live show guests, Alessa Woodry, to help us go through an exercise, okay? All of you tuning in from home and sitting at your desk or wherever you're sitting or watching, um, Alessa is going to take us through an exercise to stretch to de-stress. How do you like that, right? Cool tagline. She is a stretching expert and she learned a lot of her techniques from Japan where they stretch and do exercises in the workplace uh, during working hours. So we want to roll this clip with you guys and I invite all of you to follow along with these stretches and let's take a little break here to stretch to de-stress. Let's roll it. body deals with stress in some form daily. Stress can have a negative effect on your physical well-being, your mental health, and even on your productivity in and around your workday. I'm Melissa Caridi, founder of Jobu Fit, a workspace movement company designed to increase productivity and reduce stress and body pain in and around your workday. So what is the actionable, simple solution to solve stress where you are? I have one word for you movement. 
And I'm not just gonna talk about it, you're gonna do this with me, so let's go. We're gonna start by looking down at our feet. Make sure all 10 toes are pointed forward and the full foot is pressed down to the floor. Now we're gonna center our body by sitting up as tall as we possibly can. And since we spend so much time in front of our tech, tiny screens, computer screens, television screens, we always tend to hunch forward. We wanna get closer to that technology. We're gonna undo the hunch. So first, by sitting up nice and tall, we wanna acknowledge the hunch by raising those shoulders up to our ears, and then we're gonna roll them backwards down and away. Now we're gonna arch our shoulders back up and forward. I call this the rolling rainbow shoulders. We're going up and forward, up and back. We're releasing that tension by adding movement into our workday, up and forward, up and back. Now the second most talked about pain point in the workday is your lower back. So slide your bum to the front part of your seat and we're gonna fix it now. Shift the weight to one side, both hands are gonna grab a hold of that opposite knee and we're gonna sit up tall. With the breath, we're going to pull that knee into the chest. Notice how I didn't hunch over. I'm sitting up nice and tall, I'm keeping a steady breathing pattern and I'm pulling that knee into the chest. We're gonna reverse it to the other side. Leg down, both hands, grab onto that knee and pull it up. We're releasing the tension in our spine, we're stretching out that lower back and we're staying nice and centered so we can have a long, strong and productive day. If you found this useful, let's be social. Connect with me over on LinkedIn or you can find me on Instagram. Tips, tricks, hacks, movement videos in a minute or less and if you wanna connect with me live, I frequently do stretch to de-stress sessions over on LinkedIn. Hope to see you there, have a great day. What do you think? Did you stretch with Alessa? All of us here did our <laughs> stretches. It felt good. It felt so good. It, it was really like good. just a few seconds, but I think to your point, Amanda, just even noticing that my shoulders were tight and just like rolling it, it, it just kind of like made me aware of my body and just kind of like loosened it a little bit. A good reset. Seconds, yeah. Right? A good reset. So just even little things like that. So make sure you follow Alessa on LinkedIn. She does these live stretch shows. So thank you for making that video for us, Alessa. Uh, we'll get Rebecca to do a link to Alessa's profile so you all can follow her and follow her LinkedIn live stretches. Um, so let's talk now about strategies. Okay, we've talked about the problems and why it's so important to have that mental health and well-being. So now let's go tactical. Let's mm -hmm. talk about strategies and how-tos, right? Um, Amanda, what do you think? Um, how do you kind of help your clients de-stress and what tactics um, in your class or outside of the classroom? Yeah, so I mentioned the imbalance being the issue around stress and how we're living in the future, which fuels that anxiety, that go, 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 that drive, that need to produce. And so bringing it back to being present in the moment and fitness is such a crucial way to do that. I mean, it's really hard to be checking emails while you're running or you know, folding laundry while you're you know, doing yoga. And so you really no are- No way to do it with the plank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you are forced to be in the moment. You're forced to be present in your body, to notice, to pay attention. And so, yeah, that is a big one. I mean, I just, I'm calling out my, my field, my, like I said, Please. my corner of expertise, but yeah, definitely being present in your body, exercising, it's a self-care. Even I tell clients, I sometimes joke, like sometimes maybe you're just here today to check the box, that you had an hour to yourself and today's not the day you push. That's okay too. It's listening to yourself. What do I need right now? 
What about those people that can't, well, they make excuses and say, I can't get to the gym. I can't go for that one hour class. Is there any one little tip that they could do at home that you would suggest? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to sound like a bit of a hippie here now, but please. <laughs> breath work. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. We are habitual chest breathers, you know, just mm -hmm. breathing up mm -hmm. in our chest, shallow, short, because, and that triggers the sympathetic ner nervous system, you know, that fight or flight response. We're, we're under attack. We need to get stuff done. But when we breathe deep into the diaphragm and we sit up tall and we take that breath all the way to the belly, and then a generous exhale out, it triggers the parasympathetic nervous system, which is that rest and that digest. It cues the shoulders to relax and for everything to just slow down. And you guys, make sure you stay tuned till the very end of this show, because Amanda's going to take us through a breathwork exercise. So stay little, till the end. One, tiny yes. one. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, for those of you out there in the audience, drop in the comments, what are your tips for well-being and stress management? How do you de-stress? How do you be present? Drop your tips and share with each other in the comments below. Uh, what about you, Jim? You know, in the midst of your travels, in the midst of the workplace, how do you de-stress? Well, I think breath work is really important, actually. If you can learn a couple of breath tricks, basically, you can calm yourself down in a lot of situations. But since we're going to do that one in a minute, my favorite recent one is, does anybody else keep a shame list? No. What's no. That? My shame list is all of the things on my to-do list I didn't do today. Right. So, and actually most of the things on my to-do list, I probably didn't do today. So my shame list is longer than my to-do list. And I think that is for a lot of people. And one thing I've noticed is keeping that list on a computer really stinks because the next morning, all of those things are still there on your computer from the day before. But if you make yourself rewrite that list every day, I guarantee if there were 10 things on of them, two of them you won't write again for the next day. They'll just vanish. They'll disappear. They weren't important. They didn't need to get done. And the other things will be the important things. And I think getting out of that habit of making yourself follow every single little thing day to day to day to day that you may not get done can relieve a lot of stress from your life. It's almost like all the unimportant just mm -hmm. falls away. And you'll be left with the things that really matter that you can focus on. I love that shameless. I'm going to steal yeah. that. <laughs> Another talk for your class. <laughs> what about you, Monica? I bet you had tons of strategies. You stole my idea. <laughs> Sorry. No, um, I actually have a similar list, but it's the things that I avoided. Mm. The things that I've been avoiding to do, personal work, anything that I just can't get myself to it. And one of the strategies that I like to do is called the five minute rule. It's based on cognitive behavioral therapy. And the five minute rule is you pick a task, any task you've been avoiding, you put a timer for five minutes and you start figuring out the task. And once the five minute timer stops, you could either decide I'm going to continue or I'm going to I'm going to stop. But it's easier to tolerate 5 minutes than it is to tolerate 5 hours and often we build up that task or that thing that we avo uh, avoid so much bigger in our head than it actually is. So I like that and I also 
if it's for stress, we talked about um, shoulding statements. One of the things that you could do to shift that is instead of saying, um, I should be doing this, is I prefer to do this. Oh, just prefer, one word. Yeah, just one word, just I prefer. And it gives you so much more permission because it's a preference versus a thing that you have to do. There's no expectation and therefore it doesn't increase your stress level. Mm. Oh, I love that. Even like if I say that word out loud, like I should, there's this like, like anxiety, <laughs> like tightness that goes with it. But if I say I prefer, mm -hmm. it's like, there's almost like a looseness to it, right? Yes. Like, I prefer to do it's this. It's a choice. Yeah. It really is the choice, right? Um, Amanda, if you could share maybe one of the little pep talks that you give your clients or during <laughs> class, maybe it will bring something to our audience here. Definitely. Um, like I said, I, you're like you said, I have kids. I have four kids, Please. and I'm that cheesy mom that makes them talk at dinner. Love it. <laughs> and so during the school year, uh, I get to gather them up and chat over dinner, and I would ask them, and they're used to this question now, so they, they look for ways to answer me during the day, how did you fail today? because I want them to reframe failure. And so I mentioned mm -hmm. that in my classes, and I'll share that, hey, this is my mom moment, you guys. Yeah. Indulge me for a second, but we stand, there's so, so much negativity around failure. Mm -hmm. Like We couldn't do this, you know? But if we're not failing regularly, we're not challenging ourselves, we're not living a full life, we're not pushing ourselves. And so I try and reframe failure because I don't want that to add more stress. Like, I couldn't do this, I couldn't do this, I wasn't good enough. Um, I like to add yet to a lot of things, uh, just things to cut ourselves some slack because life is hard. Yeah, and ties back to that point, reminds me when you said sit in the discomfort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like even just a few more seconds, right? we, we get that sense of achievement. Right, it, it. and it builds our endurance because the stress is not going to go away, but the, mm -hmm. how we manage and deal with stress can uh, improve. Mm -hmm. Jim, as we talk about you know, you mentioned just talking about it, right? Having that open communications. Are there certain systems or processes that you've seen organizations put in place for employee well-being or for better communications and openness? Yes, um, I think we've, the mentoring programs that you've started to see become more uh, common are some of the pieces, but I think mainly it is it's more of a change of attitude, I think, than it has really been a change of process. I'm sure in some of the very large, if you're in a very large Fortune 500 company, there's probably some pretty significant processes in place for your well-being. But in most sort of average businesses, I think the real difference is more of a willingness of the people who run the business all the way to the, the lowest level of people in the company to talk about it. To, you know, from the entry level person who just started their job a week ago all the way up to the most senior person to talk about the issues that might be facing. And um, I think that willingness has partly come, you mentioned this, has partly come because of the willingness of people to put their stuff online. Mm -hmm. And since everybody is so willing to share online, it's become much more obvious to share in person as well. Um, that might be one of the good things that's come from our technology changes. Um, I think we've seen a you know, I've been doing consulting for about 25 years, and there's been a really remarkable change in the way that we think about the humans in that job, um, mostly for the positive. Monica, you help spread strategies and tactics for burnout. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about burnout because, um, especially for entrepreneurs, 
right? There's so much to do. What are some of your tips to mitigate burnout? My number one tip mm -hmm. is to reflect. Allow yourself time to reflect on your business, really figuring out the true numbers, the mistakes that are happening, the bottlenecks that you're seeing, because don't be afraid to see that there are things that need work in your business, because the only way to be able to correct that, challenge that, make improvements in your systems is to be able to confront those things. And one of the things that I like to do when I'm struggling with making a decision, because usually like burnout usually comes from just unresolved stress when we don't deal it. So that's so important that um, at the end of the day, we ask ourselves, what are our open loops? What are the things that we haven't closed for the day? What are the things that we're still avoiding um, so that it doesn't bottle up into stress, which then leads to burnout. Um, so getting yourself a check-in at the end of the day, what were your wins? What are the things that you want to continue working on the next day? Um, and then when you're struggling to make decisions, what I do is a pros and fears list. Instead of a pros and cons list, you write all the things of your decision, why you should do it, why you want to do it, all of that stuff. And then on the fears, you write everything that's preventing you from making the pro decision, right? Making that decision because fears, we can challenge them. A con, it's a con. It's like, that's it, right? It's like black or white. But a fear is something, if I have a fear of showing up in my business, if I have a fear of pivoting or changing or moving an industry, you can challenge that. Mm. There's a way out of that. Yeah, I wanna just kind of reiterate two things that just like stuck in my head as you were talking, like that burnout is unresolved stress. Mm -hmm. Wow. Burnout is unresolved stress. And so one of the things is to do a pro and fears list. Mm -hmm. Pros and fears. What a great tip. You all have to write that down. That's such an amazing tip. Pros and fears. And I love sure. that tip too, because the yeah. traditional answer to burnout is go take three weeks of vacation. And, that doesn't work. and it doesn't help because you come back into the same situation. The stress the, is, still, the there. Stress the is still, there. still there. That was really good. I want to call out some of the great suggestions we're getting from the audience. Uh, Jason Zakarian says in the audience, being in the moment is the last piece of advice you'll ever need. Mm -hmm. And he's a former mm -hmm. yoga teacher too, <laughs> turned consultant, yes. right? Um, it doesn't mean it's easy, but definitely an advocate for it. Um, and uh, Matthew loves your shame list there, Jim. I also want to call out uh, Yolanda, she says she runs in the mornings to release stress. And Dolores Garcia, she walks for five miles. She, it takes her one and a half hours every other day. But that's a great time to reflect, yeah. right? If you're gonna be walking, reflect on that yeah. as well, right? So I want to quickly kind of do a shout out for next month's topic before we get to the amazing breath work that Amanda is gonna be giving us. I uh, just wanna let you know as we wrap up this show that next month we're gonna talk all about sports and business. What are the lessons we can learn from sports and apply it to business? So that's gonna be a very fun show with some key people in the athletics profession that will be joining us. And that will be on Wednesday, August 10th at 12 noon central. So as we wrap up the show, I would love for Amanda to guide us through some breath work. All of you in the audience, please follow along. Nobody's watching. Let's center ourselves and let's go through this breath work. 
and we'll all do it together. All right. Okay, so get yourself comfortable. You want our spines long and our feet on the floor and to really feel the seat beneath you. Take a great big inhale all the way up. And as you exhale, as you feel, feel comfortable enough to close your eyes, maybe you just close your eyes, close them down. Take another inhale. And on your exhale, start to unclench your jaw. Let your shoulders come down. Feel a little bit heavier in your seat. One more inhale all the way into your belly. Feel it rise. And then draw that exhale out a little bit longer than your inhale, really sinking into your chair. Start to open your eyes if you close them. Bring your shoulders up and down like Alessa had suggested. And notice how that feels. Notice that you get to take that with you today. It's available whenever you need a little bit of stress relief. And open your eyes. How does that feel? Right. Feel more awake? It's available <laughs> center. Here. Yeah. That yeah. is yours to take with you. And I love that, like, just sink into your chair. Like, yeah. Really noticing that yeah. has helped me. And well, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, for thank you me. Monica. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks, thank you to all of you in the audience. Amazing tips. I actually feel more calm now, as it is <laughs> just from like being in this panel and being in this session. I hope all of you feel that way as well in the audience. And just a final tagline for you as we give a shout out to the sponsor of the show, CG Infinity, whose mission is people first, driven to transform. So let's transform ourselves out of stress and into well-being. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you next month.